Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt, Danny, Anthony, and Big G. All right. Hello and welcome, Magic folks, to episode 179 of This Week in MTG, your aggregate news podcast for all things Magic Gathering. We're your hosts. Oh, wait, it's just me. It's Big G. What's going on? Uh, Matt is unfortunately sick with his whole family. Danny uh, decided he's got other stuff going on. And then our newest schmuck, Anthony, is uh, spending some time with his family. So, y'all get just me. So, we wanted to take a moment, and by we, I mean me. Wanted to take a moment to thank, at the top of this episode, to give my sincerest gratitude to you, our dear listeners, for tuning in to This Week in MTG. We know there, there are countless Magic the Gathering podcasts out there to choose from, and we are honored you have chosen to listen to ours. So we appreciate your support and your feedback, and we want to know if we can do things to make our podcast better. So make sure to let us know what's going on, and leave us a comment. Tell us how we can do things better and make it more appealing for you. So from all of us at This Week in MTG, Thank you for listening, and we hope you continue to enjoy this podcast journey. We also need to give a special thanks to the Patreons of our podcast. Their monetary support helps us with hosting the website and podcast feed, buying packs and cards for our monthly Patreon giveaways. So a ginormous thank you to Wade97, Amu the Fox, Noah, Slade, Nikki, No Modifier, Jacob, Christian, Maddie K., Barra, Chimera, KCB, Taylor M, and Ricky R. Thank you, crazy motherfuckers, for supporting us. Now, if you too want to support us and be a crazy motherfucker like all those guys I just guys and gals I just listed, well, go on over to our Patreon. We've got two tiers for you: a three-dollar tier and a ten-dollar tier. Three-dollar tier will get you entered for a monthly drawing of a booster pack that fits a monthly theme of whatever we decided to choose for that time. Now, the $10 tier will put you in a drawing for a commander playable card or cards that are valued at $15 to $20 total that also try to fit that theme. So, if you've got the capabilities, please go support us on Patreon. If you're unable to or don't feel like supporting us on Patreon, please just support us by sharing this episode with your playgroup, your LGS rival, or all those random folks you stumble across while you're playing the wonderful game we love called Magic Gathering. Another excellent way of supporting us is by rating and reviewing us on whichever podcatcher you listen to us on. Now, we would be ashamed if we didn't mention our sponsor, J-Dub Sports Card and Gaming in the Mall of West Acres. So, let's hear an ad from J-Dub's now. JDub Sports Cards and Gaming, located in West Acres Mall in Fargo, is your one-stop shop for all your Magic the Gathering needs. In the store, you will find a huge selection of sleeves, playmats, and dice for you to personalize your battlefield with. Along with having a large variety of singles in their display cases, there are also binders and boxes for you to browse through. That much selection means that you will always find something you are looking for. J-Dubs is also the place to gather to play a wide array of formats with friends in the community. There is Commander League on Thursday nights, Modern League on Saturday afternoons, and Legacy Leagues on Sunday afternoons. 
And who can forget Friday Night Magic every Friday evening? J-Dubs has it all. Amonkhet to Zendikar and ways to sleeve, shuffle, and spell sling. Now let's get back to the episode. All right. Well, thank you, J-Dubs, for supporting us. Now, with all the podcast business out of the way, now let's move to the episode's breakdown. And there's Danny in the chat, shaking his panda butt. Beautiful. So I'm going to tell you how this episode is going to break down and how it's going to go through everything. Now it's just me, so I don't have to even have Danny Niv visiting me on our on our Twitch stream chat. So hopefully I can keep everything on topic this week. And as Matt would say, then we can send you all home. You can go have a good rest of your night. And then I hear Danny in the background. But they're already home. In fact, you're even home this time. Yeah, I know I'm home. So, I'm going to go into some past weekend results along with a salt and sugar report. So, talk about some upcoming events. Go into the news a little bit. And then jump into our conjured currency, which uh, I've read the article. So, I can't necessarily play the game with myself. So, I will just go ahead and give you the brief breakdown of those high those weekly winners and those cheap pickups so here we go um we are unfortunately not at the boggle desk we are in the big g cave the big g lair we're at my house so sugar report uh i got to go play some pioneer this weekend at one of my fnms at jdubs in fact um didn't get a big a turnout because pioneer is still building up in fargo moorhead just like it is everywhere else, and maybe Fargo is taking a little bit longer to build up. But I got to go 3-0, which was really cool because it's been a long time since I've had that good of an FNM. Now, the uh, salt piece of this, and luckily Casey's in the chat, uh, got to play him with his dragons, and he decided to hour of devastation my whole board away. So it became a whole thing of who's going to get one creature first, and... I figured he had other stuff to be tricky and kind of make sure I would not have a board to swing into him and he'd try to get one for himself. So luckily pulled out some wins there and went 3-0 overall. But that's all I've got for salt and sugar. Speaking of some pioneer though, going to talk about some quick pioneer results from a pioneer preliminary tournament. So the way I always like to do this, do the meta breakdown for y'all, and then go into the top decks and talk about some of the most played cards. So first things first, we've got an, the meta game summary. So we've got Abzan, Greasefang, taking up three decks, so 23% of the meta game, and then Teamer, Indomitable Creativity, taking up 15.3% of the meta with two decks. Rakdos Midrange, same numbers, 15.3, two decks. And other categories, taking up the other 15.3 and 2% of the decks. Now, number one deck that won this one, Abzan Greasefang. And then number two, Rakdos Midrange. And number three, another Abzan Greasefang. And... I'm very happy for this one. Number four, coming in with some mono green Nykthos ramp. So awesome, awesome, awesome. 
Now, top plate cards. I definitely saw a couple of these on Friday myself. So, Thoughtseize number one, 28 copies, 54% of the decks. Fable of the Mirror Breaker, 24 copies, 46% of the decks. Fatal Push, 16 copies, 31% of the decks. And, and, uh, Reading Volley had 15 copies and 54% of the decks. Now, top played Creatures, Blood Tithe Harvester, 12 copies, 23% of the decks. Grease Fang, 12 copies, 23% of the decks. And then we've got Raffane's Informant with 12 copies, 23% of the decks. And Shieldred the Apocalypse, 9 copies, 23% of the decks. Now, luckily, we've already talked about all the top spells that were played. So Thoughtseize, Fable of the Mirror Breaker, Fatal Push, and Redding Volley, all sitting at the same number of copies, the same percentage of the decks. So there is that for you. Now, we're going to... Just chugging along. Look what happens when we uh, when it's just one of us doing this report. Um, we're just streaming along. Danny would be happy. I'm 13 minutes in, and I'm about to talk about the upcoming events. Look at that. All right, so as a reminder, MagicCon Minneapolis is coming up, and the whole entirety of the This Week in MTG crew has our tickets. Unless something unforeseen comes up, we will all be there. We've got an Airbnb that some of some of our friends, some of our listeners who have now become our friends are going to be joining us at. So if you see us down there, make sure to say hi. And especially too, Matt and I are working on some things to be handing out while we're all there. So make sure to really find one of us. Now that is going to be happening on May 5th through the 7th down in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So make sure to find your tickets on the interwebs. Now, talking about some local events coming up here. So first things first, this Saturday, March 25th, starting at 12 p.m., modern players, get ready. We've got a modern 2K tournament at J-Dubs coming. Entry fee is $50. Like I mentioned, it's going to be 12 or twelve o'clock start time on Saturday, March 25th, and it's going to be at J-Dubs if you didn't put two and two together there. Now, Prizing guaranteed $2,000 in store credit for prizes. Additional prizing will come after the 24th person shows up. Now, prize breakdown all of these are in store credit, but there is a cash option available if that's what you're looking for. So, first place, you're going to walk away with $600 in store credit. Second place, you're walking away with $400. Third and fourth place, you're walking away with $300. And then fifth through eight, you're walking away with $100 in store cred. Now, remember, this is a competitive tournament, so you do need to submit your deck list. If you need to, make sure you get that printed off ahead of time. Do your double checks. Do your triple checks on the counts. Make sure you got everything in there that you need. Now, if Modern's too new for you, don't worry. J-Dubs has got you covered. They've got the Legacy Tri-City Tournament coming up. And this time around, it's here in Fargo at J-Dubs. So this one will be on April 22nd, another $50 entry fee at J-Dubs, 12 o'clock start time on April 22nd. Now the prizes for this one are hella sweet, so you're going to want to check it out if you are a Legacy player. So first place, you're walking away with a revised Underground Sea and a Tri-City Playmat. So there's big prize right there for you. Second place, you're still getting a little something with $300 in store credit. 
third and fourth place $200 in store credit, and then fifth through eighth $150 in store credit. Now, just like the modern 2K tournament we got coming up this Saturday, after the 24th participant shows up, prizes will be increased based off of attendance. And again, competitive tournament. Make sure you have your deck list done either at the day of or ahead of time. Now, J-Dubs also, this is a little bit of a non-Magic related event, but J-Dubs Sports Card and Gaming has their card show coming up on April 15th starting at 10 a.m. Now you can join J-Dubs as they host a sports card and a gaming card show. And it will be hosted in the new event center that is connected to the store. So if you haven't checked out J-Dubs, make sure to go do that. It's awesome. Admission for this is going to be free. And if you happen to be a vendor of any sort and want to set up at the event, make sure to give J-Dubs a call at 701-277-1989. Now, tables go fast. It's a first-come, first-serve, so don't hesitate when it comes to getting signed up if you are a vendor. Now, speaking as someone who has walked through this event, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't interest me, but there's also been plenty of stuff that I've looked at, stopped, and kind of perused over. Um, and I know Josh from Frame the Game tends to be there, kind of showing off some of his awesome work he does, which little little upfront for you. I'm going to be looking into getting something pretty sweet, and hopefully I'll be showing it off on our Discord here soon. Uh, Got to work out some details with Josh from Frame the Game about how to get that set up. And it'll look hella sweet, so I'm excited. Now, we're already at the news. Danny, I think, is shitting his pants over at his house right now because, again, we're just flying along here. So, first things first. I've got in the news is... We get to start the news with talking about a format that if you've been listening to This Week in MTG for a while, like I'm talking all the way in the back of the, back of the dark times with Robs, you know that every now and then we talk about this format called Oathbreaker. Well, it's officially a Magic the Gathering format now. So, quick breakdown on what Oathbreaker looks like for you, just in case you have never looked into it. But it's an official format, so now you want to look into it. So it's a 60-card deck format that is similar to Commander. Now, the big difference is that your Commander is called an Oathbreaker for this, but there's still a Command Zone. I think they're still working out some of those details as far as naming the zones and everything. But your Commander has to be a Planeswalker. And then you get a Signature Spell. So that Signature Spell needs to match your color identity of your Planeswalker, your Oathbreaker. Now, the remaining 58 cards of the deck need to follow that Oathbreaker Commander color scheme. So if you've got a Simic deck, all your cards need to be blue and green. Now, here are some of the differences. So like I had already mentioned, that's Signature Spell. That's uh, think, think Backgrounds and stuff like that, where it's an additional card that you get to play. But the catch is, you can't cast that spell until... Your Oathbreaker is out on the field. Your Commander, your Planeswalker is out. Now, instead of starting with 40 life, you start with 20. And this is a multiplayer format just like Commander, where you can play with three to four other people. And 
choose to attack them or spell-sling them, whatever your heart desires. But just like Commander, both your Oathbreaker and your Signature Spell have a tax to them after each time you play them. So now me, I've got a Gruul deck already up and running. My Signature Spell is Lightning Bolt. I can't just sit here and cast Lightning Bolt five times in one turn for five red mana. Eventually, it increases. Yeah, yeah, I know. I should probably change my signature spell. Working on it. I just wanted to make sure I had one up and ready. Because when it comes to uh, Magicon Minneapolis, you better believe there's going to be some Oathbreaker going on there. Especially when you are in the neighborhood of Magic Kids where Oathbreaker started. So they're just down in Rochester, Minnesota, which is about 20-30 minutes south of the Twin Cities. So, or if you're not a gruel player like me, where you like to ramp out fast and burn the shit out of people, Danny's right. Mono white for life. Now, the question is, is he playing mono white weenies or is he playing mono white life game? You'll have to come to the Twin Cities and find out. Or join our Discord. Because we've gotten some Pioneer. We've gotten some Commander play on Spell Table. Now I guess we'll have to get Oathbreaker on there too. So. If you need to look into any other questions you might have about Oathbreaker or anything else you might want to know and I didn't get a chance to answer, make sure to follow the link below in our show notes. Now, this is the part where I was hoping we'd have a few more people in attendance recording this with me. We're going to talk about some of the Lord of the Rings first look stuff that's been going on. So, if you guys have anything you want to chime in about the first look, please make sure to put it in the chat. But hopefully my computer doesn't slow down too much pulling up a link. So I can see it's lagging out a little bit on my end. All right, so brief little intro for you. So now it's time for us to talk about the first look like I just mentioned. So Lord of the Rings is coming to Magic the Gathering. We've been talking about this a little bit. There are some crazy theories going on around about this one-of-one ring that is going to be printed. It's a it's a one copy of the one ring, which is a new card coming to Magic the Gathering. Hint, we'll talk about some of that stuff in a ThoughtCast episode that we'll do after today. We will see what's going on. But instead of pulling it up on my computer, I'm just going to pull up my notes on the phone. So that way, I can look at all you typing at me. What's up, fucking headbanger? Let's see. So, let's pull up that wonderful note that apparently doesn't have my edits to it. All right, so what we've got a few so far is Mount Doom is an epic land. Super duper hype for that Barra. It looks like a fun land, and as soon as I can get the freaking show notes up and running... I'll get it going here. There we go. Might help if I pull up the actual article instead of the Lord of the Rings TV show stuff. All right, so we've got some new lands that have been leaked. We've got new product that's coming out, a new five-color commander that Danny's talking about here in the Twitch chat. And then let's see, fucking headbanger. I really hope some kid gets the one-on-one, someone who has no clue what it is. One of the things, this one I'll talk about. The other ones I, I think are cool enough that I want to get everyone else's perspective on them. 
So I'll save all the other ones, but the one I will share is I saw on one of the magic groups on social media that I'm a part of. Somebody's like, I hope I open it and I'm going to do a live stream and I'm just going to bend the shit out of it, fold it in half. And the best part is somebody will still pay money for it because it's theoretically the one of one. So speaking of the one of one, we've got the first card that came out, the one ring which we talked about a little bit last week when we got a, a couple of uh, little previews, but just in case nobody listened to that one, it is a generic four cost legendary artifact that is indestructible. When the one ring enters the battlefield, you gain protection from everything until your next turn. And then at the beginning of your upkeep, you lose one life and put for each burden counter on the ring, tap it, to put a burden counter on it and draw a card for each burden counter on the one ring. Now, this is going to be, a lot of people are speculating some fun things that are going to happen. Hint, we'll maybe even talk about it in the Conjured Currency a little bit. But then we've got some of the legendary creatures that are going to be coming out from the Lord of the Rings lore. So we've got Frodo, Sauron's Bane. It's a one one white legendary creature halfling citizen now it's got a lot of text so bear with me it is a one two for power and toughness now some of the abilities we've got going on this one pay a hybrid black white two of them so two black whites or two whites to basically any combination of two with the colors black or white if Frodo Sauron's Bane is a citizen and becomes a halfling scout with base power and toughness of 2, 3, and lifelink. Now, if you pay 3 black, if Frodo is a scout, it becomes a halfling rogue with whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, that player loses the game if the ring has tempted you four or more times this game. Otherwise, the ring tempts you. So look at that. We've got a different form of poison happening. Not really, but kind of. Now, we've got Samwise, the stout, the stout-hearted. Pay one. Danny, I agree. He seems like he's going to be a solid, solid commander choice, even if it's just... Yeah, optional poison may be the better way to put it. So anyway... We've got Samwise coming too. So he is a halfling peasant with flash for a generic and a white. When he enters the battlefield, choose up to one target permanent from your graveyard that was put there from the battlefield this turn. Return it to your hand. Then the ring tempts you. And he is a 2-1. And then, of course, it seems like they can't not tease the main what some would argue the main three characters are right off the bat so we've got Gollum, the patient plotter for one and a black you get a legendary creature halfling horror that has a power and toughness of three one now when Gollum leaves the battlefield the ring tempts you pay a black and sacrifice a creature return Gollum from the graveyard to your hand activate this only as a sorcery now the part that Barra has been waiting for us to talk about, Mount Doom, one of the legendary lands. Pay one, tap it, pay one, add a black or a red mana. Now pay a generic, a black, and a red, tap it. It deals one damage to each opponent. Pay five, a black, and a red, 
tap it, sacrifice Mount Doom and a legendary artifact, choose up to two creatures, then destroy the rest. Activate this only as a sorcery. So interesting field wipe on a land. We don't have too many of those, so that should be pretty cool to see. Now, Gandalf the Grey. We talked about this one a little bit last week. It's an Izzet creature, so three generic and a blue and a red pink. You get a legendary creature, Avatar Wizard. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, choose one that hasn't been chosen. You may tap or untap target permanent. Gandalf the Grey deals three damage to each opponent. Copy instant or sorcery spell you control. You may choose new targets for that copy. Or the fourth option, put Gandalf on top of its owner's library. And it's a 3-4, so not bad. Now, a lot of people are getting pissed about what this one is called. So it's called You Cannot Pass. And a lot of people are saying, oh, that's wrong, that's wrong. It should be You Shall Not Pass. There's been a lot of conversation about this one already just in the title of the card alone. He speaks both lines in the movie, which a lot of people go off of based off the movie. You cannot pass. And then he does the big, you shall not pass. People looked into it. I'm trusting everyone else because I'm not going to go and look. I I have nerd out about a lot of things. Lord of the Rings, I like it. But I'm not the hardcore nerd on Lord of the Rings. Now you talk DC Comics to me. Yep, I'm going to be the hardcore nerd there. So there we go. Anyway, you cannot pass a one white instant spell. Destroy target creature that blocked or was blocked by a legendary creature this turn. So there you go. Then we've got a couple more cards, but so before we get to the one I know Danny's kind of excited about, a new five-color commander, here we go. Reprieve one white and a colorless instant return target spell to its owner's hand. Draw a card. That seems like it could be doing some fun shenanigans. So there's that. Now, Tom Bob Bedley, and if I pronounce this wrong and you guys know I pronounced it wrong, I apologize. But for Wooberg, you get a legendary creature, God Bard. As long as there are four or more lore counters among sagas you control, he has hexproof and indestructible. Whenever the final chapter ability of a saga you control resolves, Reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a Saga card. Put that card onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. This ability only triggers once per turn. So, and it's a 4-4. So there you go. It's got some fun. I think Saga is going to be getting some nice five-color stuff going on, just like we had when... Neon Dynasty came out. Shrine's got a new commander for themselves in Wooberg colors, so that's pretty cool. Now, the other piece that's pretty fun, so talking about the one of one, the one ring. So this is a serialized card. There's only allegedly only one copy of this card. It's in, now I'm trying to see if it tells me exactly what language it's in. I think it's Elfin. Elfish, Elfin, Elf. It's written in Elf or in the same language that's on the ring. So, again, I nerd out about a lot of things. Lord of the Rings has not been one of them, just English language. Well, it's a language that I can't read, Danny. Anyway, the serialized one of 
elvish language, thank you. Um, the one of one, this precious, is a traditional foil printed in the back sheep speech of Sauron using letter forms that can only be found in a single English language of the Lord of the Rings Tales of Middle-Earth Collector Boosters. So what's that? Yes, you can only have a chance of finding this in a collector booster pack. Now, that does mean you can find it in a gift bundle. If this is something you're looking for, you want to go on this chase and try to be the one to find the ring. Collector's packs and gift boosters gift bundles are going to be your thing. Now, there are other versions of the card. So there's the extended art version, which will be in gift bundles, collector boosters, and collector boosters of all languages. Now, the one-of-one -one serialized card is only going to be in the English booster collector booster pack. So if you're listening to us and you're not buying English packs, you're going to want to buy the English packs if you want a chance to find this card. Now, you can find the main set version of the One Ring in any of the packs. So set boosters, draft boosters, regular bundles, gift bundles, collector boosters of all languages. Then there is a bundle alt art promo version, which comes in the bundles for sure. But there are also a chance to get it in some of the collector's packs. Now, the extended art version, you can get that in the gift bundles set, in the collector's boosters, or the collector's boosters of any other language other than English. So, you aren't getting the extended art unless it is in a collector's booster. I don't know if, Headbanger, I agree with you. I think this, if I buy any of the Lord of the Rings set and just crack packs for cracking packs sake, I'm not opening these things in public. Because there's that just the chance of having that and somebody, it'd be like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory when Charlie finds the golden ticket. There's going to be someone who will be nice enough to help you get the hell out of that place. But there's going to be so many other people trying to just beat the crap out of you to find it. Now... The article that I'm referring to, and this is straight from the mothership, so magic.wizards.com, it's on there. If you're wanting to see some of this stuff, maybe I missed something, you can find it there. It says, what about the other rings of power? So, there's going to be a soul ring for Elven. There's going to be a dwarfin soul ring. There is going to be a human soul ring. Now, these will be available in all languages of Lord of the Rings, Tales of Middle-Earth collector boosters. There will be the chance to get those themed soul rings, which soul ring, being a beautiful card for Commander, is going to be something that people might be looking for these alternate versions of. Now, they will be serialized in different counts. So there will be 300 serialized double rainbow foil for the Elfin, 700 for the Dwarven, and 900 for the Human. And then there are also going to be non-foil ones, so 3,000 for the non-foil Elven, 7,000 for the non-foil Dwarven Soul Ring, and 9,000 for the Human Soul Ring. Now, 
I do know this much. The fact that those numbers are very specific because there were three elf rings, seven dwarven rings, and nine human rings made when the one ring was made. So you can get those in those collector boosters. Now there will be commander decks that are coming out for this as well. Just talking about some of the other stuff. And real quick, we've got some chat going on. So we've got Headbanger. That's exactly right. There's honestly potential danger in opening it, which is such a flavor win. Everyone wants it, but it's dangerous for those who have it. I really am excited to talk about some of these theories that are going around about the one ring, the one of one serialized ring. So seriously, um, I know hopefully, I know Danny's listening now. Matt's going to edit this and Anthony will probably listen live. Guys, we need to talk about this next week in the podcast. All right, cool. Now I'm moving on. Now let's talk about some legality of where you can play the Lord of the Rings set. Now the Lord of the Rings Tales of Middle-Earth will be modern, legacy, vintage, and commander legal. Now the commander-specific cards for this set, like most other commander decks, they're only going to be legal in legacy, vintage, and commander. Now, on MTG Arena, there will be alchemy and historic legality for these ones. And then the commander versions, they're not. They are not available on MTG Arena. And Headbanger, no, don't even worry about it, man. I There are just there are a couple of theories that I thought would be really cool to talk about, and it seems very fitting for that to be a thought cast conversation. You want to shoot me a message? I'll talk you. I'll talk to you about these theories all the live long day because some of them are really funny and really cool. But moving back to talking about the Lord of the Rings, they also have some important dates in this article, which, for those of you going to MagicCon Minneapolis, we're the first event listed on an important date for Lord of the Rings: Tales of Middle Earth, May fifth. Through the 7th. That is an important date. So, you better believe we're going to have something to talk about after that. And heck, we might even be doing some live broadcasting. Who knows? Now, previews begin for Lord of the Rings. Full previews on May 30th. Card previews will be the May 30th through June 9th. Commander previews and deck lists will come out on June 8th. The complete image gallery for all of the set and all of the commander cards comes out on June 9th. In-store pre-release events are going to be June 16th through the 22nd. And the arena digital release will happen on June 20th. The tabletop global release will happen on June 23rd. Launch parties happening June 23rd to June 25th. Bundle gift, the gift bundle comes out on July 7th. There will be celebration events happening for in-store June, July 7th through the 9th. Commander parties happening July 21st through the 23rd. And then Magicon Barcelona will be featuring some Lord of the Rings Tales of Middle-Earth from June 28th through the 30th. Store championships for this are going to happen August 5th through the 13th. And there is going to be a holiday release all the way in November. Like I said, there's a lot of stuff going on with this. So we're going to get a starter kit, jumpstart boosters, pre-release packs, set boosters, draft boosters, collectors boosters, commander decks, 
and then bundles and gift set bundles. Now, there are going to be some Realms and Relic box toppers and buy a box promos happening. So each of the Lord of the Rings Tales of Middle-Earth draft set and collector's display boxes include a traditional foil Realms and Relics box topper card. Powerful and exciting magic cards with artwork and treatment at, that live at home from Lord of the Rings. Now, some of these cards look really freaking cool. So, we're finally getting a reprint of the Great Henge, but it's going to be called the Party Tree. So, it does all the same things, doesn't have any new flavor text, but it's the Party Tree. Why not have a party? Who knows? The next one, and I'm unfortunately going to slaughter this so i apologize to any fans who are sitting here saying fuck you big g you should know better remember words are hard so bridge of kazadal doom and this will be a new print of ensnaring bridge in case you guys don't know remember ensnaring bridge three generic creatures with power greater than the number of cards in your hand can attack and then we'll have valley of garogartha New printing of Wasteland. So there will be there will be 30 total of the Realms and Relics box topper. So 30 different cards that could be in your box topper if you buy some sealed product. So those are just three of the possibilities. And there is one bonus art, or artifact to show off. This is the buy a box promo. And this is going to be a new version. So this is the Lauren Brooch. And this is a new version of the Trailblazer Boots, which give an equipped creature non-basic landwalk. Which, let's, let's be real. In Commander, that's a very real thing. Everyone has non-basics of some kind. So, there you go. There is all your news when it comes to the Lord of the Rings stuff. Make sure to pay attention to us. We're obviously, as new stuff comes out, we're going to talk about it. And remember, just like everything else, when it comes to new product, we are only going to talk about things that are official. Now, as I'm scrolling down a little bit, we've got one more thing that I have in the show notes, but then obviously a lot of hype has been going on about Lord of the Rings, but we've got a set that's going to be coming out before that. So I'm going to talk a little bit about March of the Machines. But first... We get to talk a little bit about what's going on in Commander. So on March twenty or March 16th, Star City Games released an article about the Commander's state of the format. And this article um, talks a little bit about things that are happening in this last year for Commander. Now, the article splits into three different focuses here. So first, it'll talk about the RC's thoughts on, on how they thought 2022 went Second, the plans for the future and a preview of the updated philosophy document from the RC. And lastly, their thoughts on community support and operations of the RC. Now, some of this stuff, it is very lengthy and it's not something everyone always wants to hear and talk about. So I'm just going to kind of go over some of the main points. And if you want to read the full article. I, we've got it listed down below. It'll be in the show notes ready to go for you. So the first thing that they wanted to talk about is the fact that the RC feels like it, adding two new members. So Jim LePage 
and Olivia Goldberg Hicks to the RC has done it some great work. Now, just like all other organizations, they did talk about how some of the things that they wanted to do couldn't get kicked off in the way they wanted to or as quickly as they wanted to because of things that limit smaller groups, time and money. So they just had some shortcomings there that they also talked about. Um, they didn't actually talk about all the shortcomings. They just listed the fact that, hey, we know we fucked up in some areas, but you know what? We're trying our best. So there's that. Now, the second piece of the article goes really in depth with the preview of the new philosophy of everything. But I know we've talked about it a lot here as far as our philosophy when it comes to commander. Sit down, have some fun, make sure you're not cutting people out of a game that's meant to be multiplayer and having fun. It's a game. Okay. Now, the end of the article talked about how community support had been for the operations of the RC. Now, this one was kind of fun to read. It There's a little bit on both ends. The RC feels like it's supported when it comes to some things and then not supported when it comes to other things. Card bannings being one of those big things. Some people still thinking, some people still thinking certain cards or like Danny, Certain colors of magic need to be fucking banned. That's right. Danny's even saying fuck blue from everywhere else. But, like I said, that was a, it's a very long article to read, and it is actually a good read, and I probably wouldn't do it justice by just sitting here and giving my cliff notes just by myself. Um, when we write the show notes, we tend to think, hey, we're going to have a few people go and bounce some ideas back and forth. Here we go. Um, not always looking for a one-on-one type of a thing, but hey, we've got a different type of episode here today, so that's just fine. Now, March of the Machines, that is the last little bit of news I've got for you, and the big thing there is the story has started. Now, I've gotten the first three chapters done of doing my own thing and listening and reading them. The stories are pretty fucking awesome, guys, so do yourself a service. If, if you're like Matt, where you can't sit down and read too much, but you can sit and listen, Aether Hub on YouTube does a great job at compiling the stories. They come out a little bit later, but it's a good, easy listen. And once the entirety of the story, all the chapters have been released, they do put together a really nice, all-completed story for you guys to listen to. Uh, but if you're one of those people that you can take out... 20-ish minutes during your day, maybe a break of some kind, and you don't have anything else you want to do. These do come out on the mothership, so go over to magic.com, and they have the articles there for you, okay? So, March of the Machine stuff is going to be coming out soon. We maybe have some spoilers for things that we were talking about that might happen that we were speculating on, but then again, it's the story. Who knows? Who knows how that will translate into the cards? So, we're already to the Conjured Currency section. Danny's sitting here punching the sky going, why can't this be the way it is when I'm sitting at Matt's house? Who knows? I don't know. I don't have a good explanation for you. Headbanger, I haven't gotten a fourth part of the story yet, so I'll probably do that here in a little bit tonight when I'm organizing cards or building the deck. Who knows? But I'm excited. The story has been great so far. 
Now, Conjured Currency section. This is the area of the show that we sit and talk about some of the magic finance that happens in the world. Now, we refer to the Weekly Winners article off of the wonderful website, MTG Stocks. This article goes over three to four cards that are moving up in price, three to four cards that are moving down in price. And we record on a Monday, which here we are recording. It's Monday. This article comes out on Friday. So if there are any price differences, we try to talk about them on the show. Now, normally, there's at least one other person here with me. Then we can sit and play the game. Well, no one here. It's just me. And I don't want to have to have you guys wait. I know you guys enjoy Matt being on edge and screwing himself out of the right answer. So we'll just go with it and we'll talk about why these cards are moving up and down in price on their own. So our first card we've got, we've got, are you sure? Did you read your, are you cheating? Yes. All the formats, Danny, all the formats. Now, the first card we have up here is Under Mountain Adventurer. On Friday, it was sitting at $299, and it went up 278%. Now, for those of you who don't don't know what this card does, here we go. For three generic and a green, you get a giant warrior with the power and toughness 3-4. It has vigilance. When it enters the battlefield, you may take the initiative. Tap, add two green. If you completed a dungeon, add six green instead. You guys are hilarious in the chat. I'm digging it. Now, as of Friday, I already gave those prices, but as of today, the average price, which is what people are trying to sell it for, is $3.94. The market price, which is what people are buying, Buying it for is sitting at $2.66. Foils, $6.90. European average, €1.31. Now, there are a couple other versions of this card. There's the extended art, which is sitting at $4.96. And then the pre-release version, which is a foil. It's got the stamp on it. Now, this card is moving up in price, mostly because of Legacy. Now, last week we talked about how one of the other cards that had been doing some work in Legacy was banned. So, and that was White Plume Adventurer. So, this must be the new way of trying to find some initiative stuff going on. So, they've got a nice, um, they've got a nice deck list here for you in Legacy. It, it, it's it's Legacy, Casey. I'm sorry. It's not Pioneer. I know you're super excited about Pioneer right now, but it's Legacy. Danny and then Headbanger. It probably is big in Cube too, but who knows? Now, the next card up on the weekly winners portion is Wake the Past, which on Friday was sitting at $4.98. It went up 117%. Now, as of today... Its average price is sitting at $4.98. Market price sitting at $3.25. European average, $0.45. Now, this only has the Commander 2021 printing. And for five generic, a red and a white, you get a sorcery spell that says, 
Return all artifact cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. They gain haste until end of turn. You think so, Danny? Do you think it's Commander? I don't know. But it is Commander. And this is actually going up because of Uret, Remnant of Memnark, going up. Because guess what? Having all your creature artifacts come back out on the battlefield with haste seems like a good idea. So that one's pretty simple. Now, one of the last cards, yes, that's right, one of the last cards that's on the weekly winners article is a card called Mind Over Matter. Now, this is a spend of your card in the first place coming out of Exodus. It is $89.99. It went up 125% on Friday. Now, as of today, the average price is $90.95. Market price, $63.02. European average, €27.73. Now, for two and four blue pings, you get an enchantment that says discard a card. You may tap or untap target artifact, creature, or land. Now, this card isn't necessarily going up because of a format. It is going up again because of something we've already talked about, which is the one ring. So here is how this combo with these two cards works. You have both Mind Over Matter and the one ring on the battlefield. Tap the one ring, put a burden counter to draw a card. Discard a card to activate Mind Over Matter's ability targeting the One Ring to untap it. And then repeat steps 2 and 3 as many times as you desire, drawing cards for each burden counter placed on the One Ring. This is going to be fucking sick to watch. So, if you happen to have one of these cards, awesome, good for you. If you don't and you've got some extra larger amount of coins sitting around pick a few up because i have a funny feeling this might go up once the one ring comes out in paper in person but like i said one of the last weekly winners that's right this week we've got a fourth card to talk about and that is fiend artisan which as of friday went up 28 percent now sitting at or as of friday sitting at $14.69, and as Matt would say, giggity. Now, as of today, it average price is sitting at $14.84. Market price, $12.69, giggity cents. And foils sitting at $19.97. European average, €8.86. Now, this card does have a pre-release, a promo pack version, and it does have an extended art version as well. And this card reads, now this is Golgari hybrid, so two of it, so a black and a green, or a black and a green. So any combination of two, as long as it's using black and green to be paid for. You get a Nightmare 1-1 creature. Fiend Artisan gets plus one, plus one for each creature card in your graveyard. Pay X and a Golgari hybrid. Tap it. Sacrifice another creature. Search your library for a creature card with mana value X or less. Put it on the battlefield, then shuffle. Activate only as a sorcery. Now, the article goes into a little bit of why they put this one on here, and it's because 
this one has been making some showcase or some headlines in aspiring spikes deck choice and yeah that's kind of what's going on is it's going up in price because a streamer is using it which is awesome so it's good to see cards getting visibility and success and going up in price for those who maybe at one point it was sitting at a bulk price but it hasn't really been bulk for a little while let alone ever it's been sitting at just under ten dollars for most of its time that it's been printed and that's all versions of it so there's that now time to talk about some cheap pickups so first up on the cheap pickups is pyromancer's goggles and this is the secret layer version and it's one of those wonderful cheap pickups that was identified by the MTG Stocks Penny Stock feature. And this is sitting at $4.45 and it's starting to move up. Now the next card that is slowly moving down is the Mystical Tutor, Tutor Retro Frame out of Dominaria Remastered, sitting at $8.18. And Dark Depths, another card out of Dominaria Remastered, sitting at $6.96, slowly moving down. So that is the end of the article there. Now, normally this is the point where the guys and I get to sit and bullshit around talking about this wonderful service called MT or TCG Sniper. So instead of doing that, I'm just going to tell you what it's all about. TCG Sniper is a wonderful resource that allows you to input any TCG product into a list. And if you do the premium plus membership, which if you say the guys at This Week in MTG sent you, you get three months of it for free, you get unlimited product entry. So you can be notified about as many products as you want. <laughs> Danny, I'm telling you about the service right now, and I'm glad you're, in, you're engaging on this on Twitch and not in person, because I don't know if I can handle it. Anyway. So you get notifications sent to you from TCG Sniper about when a card or a product moves up in price to your desired level so you want to sell it high or when you're looking for those cheap pickups and you want to pick them up when they're going low and maybe you need your dark, dark depths but you want to wait until they're sitting at $7.50, input it into your list. See what happens there. Um, you'll get the notification but end of the three months of the plus membership and you go you know what i just can't afford it don't worry you still get 15 products and i've been saying products a lot which means you can put sealed product on this list as well so you've got a lot of things that you can put on here and yeah we danny you're right we need to grab matt's double double masters box and just sell it eventually TCG Sniper, wonderful resource for you. So make sure to check it out. Now, we're at the end of the episode. Danny's sitting here cheering. This He's going to be so excited. He might just go and try to get another kid out of his wife. He's so excited. Who knows what will happen? Please don't hurt me, Danny. So thank you, legendary magic folk, for making it to the end of episode 179 of This Week in MTG. Thank you to all of our amazing Patreons who think this content that you just listened to is worth supporting. 
We'd also like to thank JDub Sports Card and Gaming for sponsoring us. And if you're looking for anything Magic related or anything gaming related, sports card related, go to JDub Sports Card and Gaming in the West Acres Mall of Fargo, North Dakota. Now, there's no one else here other than you wonderful people on Twitch chatting away. And so I've got nothing else. Go have a great night and see what happens. Join our Discord. It sounds like Danny and I, as soon as little ones are asleep, are going to play some spell table tonight. So join on. Join us. Have a great weekend. Or, well, not weekend. Week. It's Monday. Have a great week. Congratulations, you made it to the end of this week's episode of This Week in MTG. Your listenership means so much to us. Make sure to follow the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or on the podcatcher of your choice. You can watch the live stream recording of the podcast every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time over on YouTube and twitch.com slash thisweekinmtg. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can send us a message to our Facebook, Twitter, or send us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. For all these links and more, check out our link tree at linktr.ee slash thisweekinmtg. Thanks so much!